Hello, and welcome to the former review. Today, we'll be talking about the 2021 film, The Green Knight. Now sit back, relax, grab your drinks, and let's talk about this movie. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the former review. This is season four, episode 11, and I thank you all for tuning in once again. So this episode will be relatively quick in that there will only be one thing talked about, and that is the film The Green Knight. Now, as the ending is somewhat confusing, I will have a spoiler section at the end, and there I will go into the ending as well as some of the film's biggest answered questions, such as what is the fox and who is the Green Knight? Otherwise, I will do my best to keep the episode pretty vague so not to ruin the movie for you but i will give my short thoughts before i get into the spoiler section but if you really just don't care about that stay tuned Now, before I get into anything, I know I talk about this at the end, but the data shows that most people don't listen to that part, so I want to talk about it here and reiterate the importance of leaving reviews on your favorite subscription services. I do read those because I do want to grow because these episodes are really for all you listeners out there, and I want to keep this entertaining. So what do you want to hear? Do you want to hear games? Do you want to hear more of the 4K stuff? Do you want to hear me talk about a certain movie? If you want to come on and talk to me about something for you want to debate, I'm always open to do stuff like that so you can always reach out to me on social media i always want to grow and improve and just because something works doesn't mean that it cannot be improved so if there's something that you want me to improve on let me know and i will grow as such anyway now on to the movie at hand let's sit back relax grab your drinks let's talk about this movie The Green Knight, also known as David Lowry's The Green Knight, is an epic medieval fantasy film written, edited, produced, and directed by David Lowry. It stars Dev Patel, Lisa Vikander, Joel Edgerton, Sarita Chowdhury, Sean Harris, and Ralph Ineson. And it's based on the poem of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. It tells the story of Sir Gawain, played by Patel, who embarks on this quest to confront the obvious knight, who is this gigantic tree-like creature. So originally, this film was supposed to be premiered at South by Southwest on March 16, 2020, and then followed by a theatrical release on May 29th of 2020. But then due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the festival was canceled and the film was obviously pulled from that schedule. Then it was revealed that Lowry was not satisfied with the original cut of the film and spent six months re-editing and reworking the film. And as such, it was then rescheduled to be released on July 30th, 2021. And here we are. So the main themes in this film include the relationship between chivalry, courtesy, and Christianity, sinful nature, and the importance of truth. The script matches the source material not only by its storytelling, but also the structure of a poem by circling back to themes similar to that of a rhyme scheme that you would find within a written poem. And it makes the film almost feel like a dream sequence, or perhaps that Gawain was telling Arthur the story at the beginning as if he never really left that banquet. And this ends up making the film a more emotional watch, seeing these challenges that Gawain faces before his ultimate 
ultimate fate. And in addition to the way Lowry tells this story, the score composed by Daniel Hart and cinematographer Andrew Droz Palermo really enhances these ideas of this dreamlike setting that also connect the film to a somewhat current and global client problems. But that's not the only thing that this film is about. The script will take multiple rewatches to fully unpack all of its themes. However, the film really does show how humans have a relatively minor role in the grand scope of history and how nature is essential in a way, while also tying into the ideas of faith and chivalry and the main points of what makes a true knight. And Palermo really does show this through some extremely beautiful nature shots. Now, Hart's score really does evoke dread and wonder in a fairly equal way that adds to the sense that we are in this mythical land that is very, very much removed from reality. Now, the score has a lot of medieval atmospheric tones which supplement the film extremely well and sound very similar to Howard Shore's Lord of the Rings. The first track in Story Stiff and Strong sets the tone, these woodwinds and percussion, and a very simple but yet eerie women's choir that creates this dreamlike atmosphere. And as an overarching umbrella, the minimalist nature of the score really does help the audience understand the emotions behind the dialogue and the conflict and as such connect with Gawain himself. Hart supports these light-hearted moments with simple woodwinds and also other string rhythms, then gives the Green Knight himself this percussion as well as this choral aspect like in One Year Hence. The Green Knight's looming menace is then represented throughout the film as Hart really uses the style of music in various scenes, especially in the track You Are No Knight. And using these choral vocals that Hart chooses allows the score to be fairly listenable and honestly is very powerful and especially you do smell like you've been at mass all night which then reappears in the track Gawain runs and runs. Then the score is able to move through this montage of scores and then is really able to just set the scene for this film extremely well. And frankly, Hart's score for The Green Knight really has some great moments that add to the film's ambiguous nature. And specifically, the songs in Old English really give the most heart to the movie and also provide a very strong melodies to the film. And like Lowry's Prower film, A Ghost Story, it deals with some very complex themes, some of which are very obvious and some of that are left to interpretation. But Lowry never really holds your hand through any of them. He makes a statement, but also keeps his story open enough to spark a conversation. The Green Knight, frankly, is one of this year's best films so far and definitely one of the most unique. Lowry places us at the equal level of Arthur at the beginning of the film and Lowry himself is going Wayne telling this story while we, like Arthur, listen intently to this beautiful and masterful story. This film really exemplifies what is great filmmaking. A great story with great direction, great characters, great themes, and phenomenal details. Films at this level of art really take time to tell their story because filmmaking at the end of the day is an art. And when it tells a relatively simple story, it can be absolutely amazing. And this film may feel somewhat 
somewhat abstract to some, but when one actually thinks about it, the story explains itself fairly well. Now, this is where I'm going to say, go see the movie. It's well worth your time, especially if you enjoy the art of filmmaking. Because the next little bit here is going to be spoiler heavy and it could ruin the movie for you. So definitely proceed with caution because I'm going to do a full analysis. So the film starts off with Gawain as essentially being the opposite of what a noble knight should be. He's sleeping with prostitutes and skits Sunday mass. And then we see Gawain's mother, Morgan Le Fay, who in the poem is based off of King Arthur's half-sister. And then and also in some other versions, this is a antagonist to Arthur's story as someone who wants to usurp the throne. And she's upset here because of her son was at the brothel instead of church. And this is really interesting interesting to note because in other stories, Morgan Le Fay is actually a sorceress who was trained under Merlin, who is briefly in the film and is the one who summoned the Green Knight in the first place. Now, the movie honestly never really explains why she is doing this. And I would say that this is potentially one of the only problematic aspects of the film as it being essentially the entire point of the movie. And this is such a nitpick, honestly, because it could go many different ways that honestly make sense and that's why it's not that big of a problem it could have been her sending her son on this quest to make him a better man or it was all ploy to eventually get her son on the throne and this is where interpretation does come into it and again this is something that you would be talking about after watching the movie and honestly either one of them is a valid reason now king arthur who's played by harris has invited sir gawain for this party and then asks him to hear a tale. And then honestly, uh, to their surprise, one starts to begin to unfold before their eyes. Now the Green Knight shows up, who's played by Innocent, who is this half-man, half-tree, and challenges any of Arthur's knights to strike him down. If they can, the knight who does so will get his axe in exchange, but the cost is a year from that point, the same knight must come to his kingdom and he will return the exact same strike given to him a year earlier. So Gawain steps up and then beheads the Green Knight. Now what is really interesting about this is how this character, in, especially in this movie, kind of looks very similar to Treebeard in Lord of the Rings. And this is honestly because one of the most famous reiterations of this poem was actually done by J.R. Tolkien himself. So to see the inspiration there was really cool. So after he gets beheaded, the mythical creature picks up his head, laughs, and then rides off. Now this entire bit is just prologue to the poem that this is based on. So a year later, Gawain travels to the Green Chapel to meet his fate. But along the way, he meets the scavenger played by Barry Kyogen, a mysterious woman played by Aaron Kellyman, and a lord played by Joel Edgerton. So like most medieval films, one can really watch this movie as a tale of adventure and magic or as this lesson in moral growth. However, understanding a lot of this literary and cultural background and where it comes from in the poem will give a fuller view of the film's meaning. Now, the poem is known to be more of a romance, not because it has a love story per se, but because it has a connection to the Roman Empire. So historically, romances were stories that were derived from Latin, which was the language of the Roman Empire. And the word then applied to many popular tales that were written in this language. And in a sense, a adventure story involved 
involving knights on a quest that has fantasy and magical elements. And typically, the type of story here starts off in a normal court where the main protagonist sets out on this journey to accomplish a task. They travel far from home, encounter many different characters along the way that define their choices before achieving their goal, and then they return to court to tell their stories. Now, one of the most popular stories of this romance genre was honestly the Arthurian romance involving King Arthur, his court at Camelot, and the Knights of the Round Table. Now, obviously with the Green Knight, there's a lot of derivatives from that King Arthur story as well, but one of the biggest examples of the Arthurian story is his quest for the Holy Grail, which shows how purity of heart, faith, and the right behavior, more so than brute strength, are required for the Knights to get the Grail. And this story all comes from the code of what makes a knight. So Gawain embarks on this quest and he becomes tested on these five virtues. The five virtues of knighthood are generosity, chastity, friendship, courtesy, and piety. So as the film shows, he fails miserably at pretty much all of these. So when he encounters the young scavenger, the scavenger has lost his brothers and Gawain kind of ignores him and looks down on him. Then when the scavenger actually gives him directions to the green chapel, the boy has to beg for payment. Then when Gawain actually does give him something, it's a single coin. And then he fails the second virtue of courtesy when he enters this stranger's home and falls asleep on their bed. The lady of the house then asks for his help in retrieving her head from the bottom of a pond. Now this is also a failure because he asks what he'll get in return. He then breaks the friendship test when he breaks the deal with Joel Edgerton's character, the Lord, which states that everything that the Lord gives on his hunt will be given to Gawain and everything that Gawain earns in the house he will give to the Lord. Now, Gawain fails to tell the Lord that he was given this magical green sash by the lady of the house, which is this sash that will protect him from any killing blow. And what's interesting here is that the lady is played by Alicia Vikander, who also plays Essel, who is Gawain's love interest from the beginning of the movie. And this is interesting because it shows how Gawain really isn't this reliable character to be telling a story. Going back to the idea of how this entire film feels just like a story being told. So do we trust him that this adventure actually happened or is it all fiction? In addition to this, a lot of things in this movie are shown to the audience that might not be what they ex seem. Gawain sees his own dead body and if the audience didn't get it then, he eats mushrooms that debatably have hallucinogenic effects. So things like the fox and the giants may never have been real. Which is again interesting because in the Celtic belief system, foxes are these spirit guides and symbols of the afterlife, which makes sense as multiple times in the movie, there are images of a human head on a fox body. So additionally as well, fox applies to the value of friendship that Gawain eventually fails when he yells at the fox when the fox tries to prevent him from going to his own death. He obviously then fails the fourth virtue of chastity with the very obvious scene with the Lord's lady. On top of that, at the end of their interaction, he tells him that he's no knight. Then he sees this weird blind lady who never says a word. Now, the only other person in this film to wear a blindfold similar to this is Gawain's mother, Morgan Le Fay. So this is almost like her watching over him on his journey. So that brings back into the small issue about this 
this is what manipulation is she putting on his life? Is she trying to make him king or is she trying to make him a better person? Either way, she comes out winning in the end because if she makes him a better knight, she looks better as a mother. If she he comes back and becomes king, it looks good on her as well. So it's a really interesting relationship that they have. And the fifth and final virtue is piety and which obviously Gawain failed earlier in the film when he spent Christmas Eve in a brothel. And honestly, as the film shows, he's not doing all these things to please God or even King Arthur. He's more doing it to please himself in multiple ways than one. He puts himself before others and this shows that he fails pretty much all five characteristics of what it means to be a true knight. And if he hadn't failed all five of these, he would have been an honorable knight. Now, this is the lesson that one of the trailers states. In this tale lies a moral lesson that echoes through time. To make honor our guiding light through the darkest of our journeys. So at the end of all of this, he's giving one final test when he confronts the Green Knight. Now, should he honor his deal and let the Green Knight strike him down? Or will he run away in fear? Now in the poem, the Green Knight is this opposing character to Gawain as he comes to test the court. And like I said earlier, he's controlled by Morgan Le Fay to undermine Arthur's knights and then place her son on the throne. Though in the, that main story, it's Mordred and not Gawain. As such, she creates the Green Knight and in the end, her plan essentially works as Sir Gawain fails the test and shows that no person can be virtuous in everything that they do. Now, a romance, traditionally speaking, would have had the Green Knight as this villain, but when the story ends, Gawain and the Green Knight are friends in a way. So when the Green Knight swings his axe, he ultimately runs away a coward. Now, this film becomes very similar to Martin Scorsese's Last Temptation of Christ. Now, if you haven't seen that film go watch it but i'm going to say i'm going to spoil that here it has been out since 1988 so you've had time but i'm just letting you know that before I, you listen any further so again proceed with caution but you're also listening to the spoiler section so I, i'm assuming that you don't really care anyway so in the finale of this movie jesus is hanging out on the cross and he's lived a life of conflict essentially over his divine and also human natures and additionally there are plenty of other ways that jesus of that film and Gawain of this film are very similar. Now they're both thought as heroic figures in a way, but aren't perfect as they struggle with desires and temptations. Now in the last temptation of Christ, Jesus is tempted by this little girl to leave the cross and go live a normal life. And he follows suit. He marries Mary Magdalene and they live a happy life together. Now the end of that film similarly shows the main character as old and their city under siege. He then finds himself back on the cross where he then accepts his destiny. Now, scholars over many, many centuries have aligned these two characters together, and Gawain's ultimate confrontation with the Green Knight is his greatest temptation. Now, does he take the easy way and run, or the honorable one and hold up the agreement? Now, the following scenes do show the former. He gets to live his life and get pretty much everything he wanted, a wife, kids, and becomes king. This then gets to a point to where it shows how we as human beings have this fear of death 
and a lot of cultures out there try to avoid it the best way they can in their respective manners. But at the end of the day, it is something that is going to come no matter what. And death here is the Green Knight. And we will all face this. But how will we face it? If we had a magical sash that would allow us to cheat death for a little while, would it guarantee a better life? Not necessarily. As shown through this vision, Gawain lives this completely dishonorable life. He takes his child from Essel because she's a prostitute and can't be seen with the king. And then the child dies in battle. And he loses everything anyway, including his head. Now, after this vision, Gawain decides to choose to live honorably and... Greeted death as an old friend and went with him gladly, departing this life as equals. Now, the ending isn't clear-cut, but either way, it doesn't really matter if the Green Knight kills Gawain or really lets him go. Gawain has proven himself. He has chosen to live honorably, and the ending film shows that death is inevitable no matter what you do, so the viewers or the audience might as well be honorable up to that point too. Like the original poem, the movie is open to more than one interpretation. Now, Gawain's arc and his story are fairly straightforward straightforward in their telling, but the implications of the themes and what they mean are fascinating. There are many ways to interpret this film. It yields a lot of depth to its audience regardless of their preconceptions about this film. And I really look forward to revisiting this film again and again. Now, what did you think of this movie? Was it too slow or was it perfect for you? Let me know. Hit me up on social media. The formal review is on Facebook, Twitter, and the gram, and also YouTube. The handle's all the same. It's at the formal review. And for anyone who has supported me on a financial basis, I thank you very much for supporting me in that way. For anyone who wants to support, you can go to anchor.fm forward slash the minus sign formal minus sign review and click support this podcast and any donation is appreciated. Thank you all again for tuning And until next time, wash your hands, get vaccinated, or if not, wear a mask. And I'll see you at the movies. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Formal Review. Cheers, and we'll see you next time.